Hey there, you're listening to the Inspirited Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Wall. We'll be talking about a range of topics related to natural health, such as mindset, coaching, homeopathy, gemotherapy, and flower essences. I bring the mindset and coaching pieces into the holistic health framework. Now, before we begin, I want to remind you that this podcast is for educational purposes only and not to be used in place of consulting your healthcare practitioner. I am not a doctor and I am not giving medical advice. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode eight of the Inspirited Wellness Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about fear, specifically about fear of illness. Now, I've been, this is something I've been noticing getting worse over the last few years. It, it kind of started with the Disney measles outbreak, and this fear has been escalating for many different reasons, but it's really coming to a head with the hysteria over this new novel coronavirus outbreak. Now, if you're one of the people who are panicking over this, I'm going to guess that you probably have a general fear or anxiety over all illnesses. And I don't expect this podcast to fix that problem, but I would like the opportunity to put some things in perspective for you and maybe offer some suggestions on how to deal with your fears. Now, fear is meant to be a temporary condition to alert us when something's wrong or in reaction to a danger. It's meant to keep us alive. It's not meant to be a chronic state of being. Living in a chronic state of fear and anxiety not only affects our mental and emotional health, but our physical health as well. And over time, it will actually break down and destroy our immune system, which leads to an even greater susceptibility to disease. Now, I think part of the problem is that most people, people want to trust. They kind of falsely believe that the media is simply reporting the facts when they're reporting about different outbreaks and people who have died and and people who are in the hospital. But I can say with certainty that the media never reports the complete story when it comes to illness and disease. It's really up to us to use discernment and common sense when it comes to what we see on the news. Now, there are a couple things that I look for when I hear about an illness and deaths that are being reported in the news. One, what was the health status of the person who died? And two, how was this person treated? Were they treated with pharmaceuticals? Were these treatments suppressive to the body or supportive of the immune system? So we know that people who are sick with chronic illnesses and have weakened immune systems will succumb more readily to an acute viral illness. And most of the people who have died from this novel coronavirus fall into this category. So knowing how people are being treated after they get sick is also very, very important. 
because we know that giving suppressive medications like Tamiflu and fever reducers or corticosteroids are very harmful to the immune system. I will actually link in the show notes to a Time article that um, I read talking about how Tamiflu really is not what people were led to believe it was. So I'm going to link that at the end of um, the show notes when I get those out. So not only do suppressive treatments counteract the work of the immune system, but something called a cytokine reaction can also be triggered. Now, a cytokine reaction is where the immune system is actually becomes too strong. So the mechanisms of action that the immune system invokes to fight a virus actually can overpower the body. It can cause organ and tissue damage, which leads to death. So knowing the answers to these two questions are vital to really understanding how worried we really need to be when it comes to an outbreak. Um, But unfortunately, very few people, including the media, understand this. So panic ensues when they're reporting that there's this brand new illness which triggers all of our buttons, that people are dying from it, and we don't have any other context with which to draw from. So what do we know? We know that this new coronavirus has actually has a fairly low fatality rate and that most of the people who have died have been elderly or had compromised immune systems. We know that plain old influenza kills far more people than this coronavirus has so far. In fact, influenza has killed approximately 20,000 people just since October. But the flu is so common that our perceived threat of the flu is less, even though it's more deadly. We know that this coronavirus has killed fewer people than SARS has. Prevention of this coronavirus is the same as it is for colds and flus. You wash your hands and avoid touching your face. Most people who have been infected with this coronavirus, they make complete recoveries there's absolutely no reason to panic at this point. Now, there's something else that I want to bring up, and that is the social ramifications of living in a chronic fear state. As I said in the beginning, fear is meant to be a temporary state in order to keep us alive. It's about our survival. Our sympathetic, which is our fight or flight, nervous system kicks in in response to a threat or a perceived threat. So unless we're in imminent danger of death or dismemberment, we're not at our best when we're operating or reacting from a state of fear. We like to think that we're so enlightened in this day and age. We're all about social justice and equality. But friends, Let me tell you, all of that goes right out the window when human beings are in a fearful state. Our more primitive brain gets triggered and we don't think as clearly. We make choices that we might not have otherwise made if we weren't in a fear state. This is where people are willing to give up their freedoms and rights in order to try to attain some false sense of safety and security. I was reading this article, and I will link that also in the show notes, where they were talking about how almost 10,000 people in Canada signed a petition 
to keep recent travelers from China out of school. And they posted a comment from one of the signers of this petition, and it's, it's kind of sadly amusing. The signer wrote, this has to stop. Stop eating wild animals and then infecting everyone around you. Stop the spread and quarantine yourselves or go back. Now, besides the fact that no one in North America should be telling another person to go back to where they came from, this is the kind of tribal and even racist thinking that people revert to out of fear. And this kind of reaction is not specific to the coronavirus. It happens all the time. Now, for those of you who use and study homeopathy, you know how powerful it is in dealing with epidemics. Homeopathy has had incredible success in treating epidemics like typhus and cholera, or cholera, <laughs> yellow fever, diphtheria, and of course, the flu of 1918. And while for this flu of 1918, conventionally treated patients had a mortality rate of up to 28%, homeopathically treated patients had a mortality rate of just over 1%. That, my friends, is not a placebo effect. That is amazing. And so there are absolutely effective options that we have to treat any kind of viral illness in an epidemic situation. So in homeopathy, we look at the symptoms and we study the progression of illness. So there's another resource that I'm going to link for you in the show notes. And if you don't already know about Paul Hershkew's epidemic um, updates, this is a fabulous resource. He talks, I'm going to link to the to the post that he did where he talks about the coronavirus. And it's really wonderful. He puts things in really great perspective. So just look up the remedies for those respiratory tract infections and have those on hand and study those individual remedies. So if there are some takeaways that I want you to have after you listen to this podcast, again, there's absolutely no reason to panic. Build and restore your immune system with your everyday lifestyle choices. Get a handle on your thoughts. Your thoughts are so important and how you nourish your body and your spirit. When you get sick, this is the time to support your immune system. It's not necessarily the time to use a lot of supplements and herbs that build up the immune system. Rest, hydrate, and nourishment are the keys to supporting your immune system when you're sick. Now, there's nothing wrong with studying the coronavirus and its symptom picture in order to prepare as long as it doesn't tip you over into fear and anxiety. And the final takeaway, address your fears. Living in a state of fear is so bad for your mental and emotional health, as well as your immune system. When your mental state, your immune system, and your organ systems begin breaking down, you end up even more susceptible to the very diseases that you were frightened of. And this is not only for people who are fearful. There are a lot of people who kind of get into this loop of conspiracy theories. And, and there are a lot of them floating around about this coronavirus right now. I'm going to say that all of that is not really pertinent. It's out there. We just need to deal, deal with how to treat it. 
gemotherapy and homeopathy are the perfect tools to help calm that sympathetic nervous system and get you back into a parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest state of being. So I hope this was helpful for you. You can find the show notes. I'm going to have them up um, within the week on christinawall.com. I'm happy to answer any questions if you have any questions or need any help, but I hope this helps somebody um, with your perspective on this coronavirus and acute illnesses in general. Much love to all of you. I hope you all have an amazing day. Bye.